Our text today comes to us from Mark chapter 5, beginning with verse 25. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say, who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Holy God, by the power of your spirit, allow us to find ourselves in this pressing crowd, each of us in need of touching your grace. We ask it in the name of Christ Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Mark's gospel begins by immediately plunging us into Jesus' amazing ministry, which drew a large crowd. In the very first chapter, verse 28, we're told at once Jesus' fame spread throughout the surrounding area of Galilee. In chapter 2, we're told that there was such a large crowd around his home in Capernaum that the friends of a paralytic had to tear a hole in the roof to lower their friend down before Jesus for healing. In chapter 3, we're told that such a great multitude had gathered around Jesus by the Sea of Galilee that the disciples had to have a boat ready because the crowd was about to crush Jesus. In chapter 4, we're told that Jesus and the disciples were in that boat at sea when a terrible storm came up, and Jesus calmed the storm, and the disciples were amazed and in awe that even the wind and the sea obey him. Chapter 5 begins with Jesus casting the demons out of a man who was out of his mind with possession. And that passage ends by saying, and everyone was amazed. Then we come to our text, which actually begins a little before I started to reading. It begins with another crowd following Jesus and Jairus as they make their way to Jairus' home, and Jairus was a leader of the synagogue. 
Now, we've already been told in the third chapter that the religious leadership has already taken its stand against Jesus. In fact, we're told that the Pharisees were conspiring to destroy him. So if Jairus, as a leader of the synagogue, is ever going to make it out of his country parish to the tall steeples in Jerusalem, his job is to keep the crowd away from Jesus. But his little daughter is very, very sick to the point of death. So this is not a good time to be thinking about smart career moves. Instead, Jairus throws himself at the feet of Jesus. An amazing image, the religious establishment at the feet of Jesus. And Jairus is begging Jesus to come and heal his little girl. The text says, and he agreed to go. And the crowd followed, pressing in on Jesus. Another amazing scene is about to unfold. And the very next line of the text says, now there was a woman with, who had been struggling with hemorrhaging for 12 years. What? That doesn't belong at this place in the text. It interrupts everything. Jesus is leading a crowd all around him on their way to Jairus' home, the biggest cheese in town. It has enormous political and theological significance if Jesus converts Jairus by the healing of his daughter. The only question is, can he get there in time because this girl is at the point of death? Hurry, Jesus, hurry, hurry. And the next line says, now there was a woman who had been struggling with hemorrhaging for 12 years. And the wheels fall off Mark's narrative as he interrupts himself to go into considerable detail about this woman. We're told that she had endured much under many physicians. It's striking to me that when Dr. Luke tells this story in his gospel, he leaves that part out. <laughs> she spent all of her money and she did not get better, but only got worse. So Mark has interrupted his own story by forcing us to consider this anonymous, nameless, ordinary woman with her chronic illness. The parade to Jairus' home has to stop. And our attention is now directed to this one person who is chronically out of health, out of money, and out of home. Because that's the way the gospel is written. Maybe you know what it feels like to be alone in a crowd. <clears throat> when you look around you, you see so many people who have such pressing needs that they are pressing upon Jesus, and you are impressed by their needs. 
And there is the urgent mission that we all have for Jesus to get to these major social, political, theological, structural concerns that are in dire need of salvation. You care about those concerns. Maybe it's even one of the reasons you came to seminary. But still, there you stand in this crowd called the church with your own quiet, chronic hemorrhaging. Maybe it is a disease of the body. Or maybe it is a disease of your soul that is quietly being consumed by anxiety or despair. Maybe it is a dream or a cherished self-image, or a relationship that has been bleeding out for a very long time. You don't want to disrupt I was going to say the ministry. <laughs> Thanks for playing into this, Wanda. It's just what I needed. Came just at the right time. You don't want to disrupt Jesus' ministry. You don't want to disrupt the mission. But there you remain with this quiet, quiet need of your own. So the woman decides what she will do is just come up behind Jesus, not face to face, and anonymously touch the cloak of his garments. That's pretty much our plan as well. We don't want to get in the way. We don't want to bother Jesus. We certainly don't want to be known in the community as someone who is preoccupied with personal piety. God save us from that. So we just quietly try to touch grace as it passes by, as if no one will know that we actually have our own personal concerns. But Jesus won't have it. The text tells us that when this woman touched Jesus, he felt power go out from him. I don't even know what that means. But it's clear from the text that Jesus healed this woman without intending to do so. And now he very much intends to find out who reached out to him so humbly. And so he turns around to the crowd and he says, who touched me? And the disciple says, what? Are you kidding me? Well, this is my paraphrase. What they, 
what they say is, you see all of the people pressing in on you. What do you mean by asking, who touched me? But Jesus is determined to find this woman and you and me. I think at this point, Jairus has to be doing a little hemorrhaging of his own. He has no lines at this place in the narrative, but surely he's thinking, Jesus, this woman's issues are chronic. That's what the crowd has to be thinking. It's what the reader is thinking. This woman has chronic issues. She was sick yesterday. She'll be sick tomorrow. My daughter is at the point of death. That's an urgent problem. First things first, Jesus, you have got to hurry to heal her in time before it's too late. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Jesus never hurries. In all four of the Gospels, you find no instance of Jesus ever running. He doesn't even jog. (laughs) This drives me crazy. I am hustling for Jesus all the time. I think surely he can keep up with me. But I think, according to this text, the more pressing question is, can disciples of Jesus know when it is time to interrupt our own urgent missions in order to attend to those whose desperation is quiet? and whose yearning is chronic, but whose need for salvation is pressing. When the woman realizes that Jesus is looking for her, she comes up to him and falls in front of him. And the text says, she told him the whole truth. How long has it been since you found someone to whom you could tell the whole truth? The whole truth is not just that we've been hurt, but that we've also hurt others trying to fix our hurt. The whole truth is not just that we want healing, but we want it without confessing that we need it. Now, even anonymous faith is still faith. But don't expect Jesus to let you keep your faith anonymously. The text says that after she told him the whole truth, then Jesus said to her, daughter, Notice a a term of relationship. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. So, as this narrative promised early on, this story was all leading to a very spectacular event. 
but that event did not happen at the end of the parade in Jairus' home. When Jesus finally got there, he threw the crowd out of Jairus' house, and he healed Jairus' little girl in private. No, the spectacular event is that Jesus interrupts his own mission to care about you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.